Hey Killer Bees, it's Paula B from PaulaBeeFitness.com and welcome to the Let's Run podcast where every Tuesday we talk about fitness matters that matter to you. And my friends, this one matters. We are talking about weight loss, a topic so huge that I actually had to turn it into a five-part series. You guys, today is part one where I am telling my personal weight loss story. And while we're talking about that, we are going to go for a run, of course. I've got the handy-dandy gym boss here set for intervals of one minute. I'm going to go back and forth between walking and running. Depending on where you are with your walk-run journey, you can use those intervals in whatever way feels best for you. Make sure that you get warmed up before we get going. And when you're ready, I'm totally ready. Let's run. And of course, when I say let's run, what I really mean is let's start with a walking interval. <laughs> you guys, let's start with a walking interval. Unless, of course, I mean, unless, of course, after you finished up with your warm up and you are maybe further along in your walk run journey, maybe you're gonna run the whole time. That's totally okay too. You know, like I say, any way you want to use these intervals or not use the intervals at all is always okay with me. And if you don't know that, if this is the first time you've ever been here, hi, welcome. Welcome to the Let's Run podcast. Sometimes we don't run at all. <laughs> I, really hope, I really hope that, okay, first of all, I hope that if you are new, that you have such a great time with both the workout and the conversation that you do want to go ahead and subscribe and join us for the conversation every week. This is something I've been doing for, oh my gosh, you guys, did you know that the Let's Run podcast is almost two years old? How awesome is that? Like I should actually start numbering the episodes. I've been thinking about that. You know how most podcasts actually like they start off with this is episode number, you know, 58 or whatever. I probably should because of course I'm going to be coming up on like episode number 100 pretty soon and that's very exciting. And depending on like where you're watching or listening, if you have joined me here on YouTube and I say here because I'm using my hands to say here on YouTube or if you're listening on any one of your favorite podcast platforms, no matter where you are, welcome. I'm really glad you're here. You guys, you guys, okay. This topic, this topic is huge. This topic is so huge that I have honestly, in, in the seven years that I've been in business and even before that when I was just like into fitness and doing my own thing, this has been a topic that has always been fascinating to me. And I, I like to think about it as fascinating because I know that for a lot of people it's just really frustrating and for me it was frustrating for so many years of my life until I figured out permanent weight loss. And honestly, this is, this is why I'm telling my story. I didn't really figure out permanent weight loss. I did the things that I did and it turned into permanent weight loss. And I'm back to my walking interval here. And I've honestly, over the years of answering different people's questions and helping different people lose weight, I've really tried to formulate some kind of, basically a system. I mean, some kind of like self-contained, I can explain it very quickly and very easily and it works for everybody kind of system. And, and it's hard, <laughs> it's really hard because Everybody comes to weight loss with their own set of challenges, with their own mental issues about weight loss, with their own history of either not being able to lose weight or used to be able to lose weight easily or of course this should be no big deal or whatever it is. And trying to, trying to come up with a system, a self-contained system, has has eluded me. And so this is something that I've actually been working on for a long time, trying to figure out what is it 
that creates success with weight loss. And the reason I finally did, or am doing, this five-part series is because I feel like I've condensed it down to basically four principles. And within those four principles, there's so much to talk about that honestly, each one could indeed absolutely have their own podcast, in fact, probably several podcasts, but I'm gonna try and keep it super simple. And I'm gonna start that by telling you about my weight loss, because honestly, this is the thing that I come back to all the time. Why in the world did it work for me? And how? And after, I mean, as you'll hear during our story today, after years of not being successful, what was, what was the thing that changed it? What is the thing that can make you successful? So let's, let's go back in the way back machine. Let's start when I'm a young child, young little Paula. The first time I remember being aware of myself and my weight was probably about fourth grade. And I think that's kind of about when girls start doing the comparison thing that I, I know you know, you're, you're gonna relate to so much of my story. I know that that's about that age when, depending on what we have heard at home, and what I heard at home was that being thin is valuable, being heavy is not valuable, you should watch your weight, and that you should do whatever it takes to watch your weight. My mom was, not perpetually dieting, and honestly, I don't specifically remember her perpetually complaining about her weight. Far, far more what I remember is actually my dad commenting on my mom's weight and my mom then dieting or being done with dieting. I don't, I, I honestly, truly don't have any I don't have any like specific words or phrases that I can come up with that you know shaped my childhood, made me think a certain way about my body. What I do remember noticing though is that weight had some weight behind it. That your weight is part of how people see you, how people treat you, how people value you. And that is, that is something that is very hard to separate out. It is probably one of the biggest things that we, we collectively need to think about and pull up and get rid of on our weight loss journey. And I'm getting ahead of myself, but that's is coming, just so you know. There's going to be lots of foreshadowing. So I was, I was a perfectly healthy weight as a child. I was relatively active. I mean, I was not coordinated. I was not good at sports. I didn't, I, I attempted sports a couple of times, but I didn't play sports. I was active in the way that kids in the 70s were. You know, I rode my bike. I walked to school. I enjoyed playing outside. I didn't enjoy anything of any sort of formal exercise nature, but I moved around a lot. We ate relatively healthy, more or less. I mean, I grew up in a, a pretty meat and potatoes kind of house. Um, again, though, it was the 70s, and that's about the amount, about the time when like convenience foods really started coming into popularity. Like I remember TV dinners, like that was a treat to have a TV dinner. That kind of prepackaged stuff. It probably 
probably existed before then, but not the way that it started to in like the 70s and the 80s. And then, you know, nowadays, nowadays, I mean, even, even things that tell you they're healthy come prepackaged. But so we didn't talk a lot about any kind of connection between what you're eating and how you feel or what you're eating and what you weigh. I, I don't remember honestly having any kind of conversations about nutrition. I don't remember ever, honestly, ever having a conversation about weight with my mom. Maybe ever, I mean, as an adult, but certainly not as a kid. I, I really, I don't remember it being a topic of conversation between us. Again, I heard about it, but it wasn't necessarily directed at me. But so, I was perfectly healthy weight, and then, and then I became a teenager, and then I had a lot of free time on my hands. I was definitely not sporty or active at all by the time I became a teenager, and then adolescence hit, and I, I, don't, I don't know what happened to my body. I, I really, I remember basically kind of waking up one day and going, what is going on here? Kind of like I feel now in perimenopause, <laughs> truly. Like, I mean, it's, it's a whole other topic, but, but this age at, you know, my, at 49, I feel a lot like I felt at like 15, where it's like, what's going on here? Can somebody just send me a memo and let me know what I'm gonna feel like tomorrow because this is all different. And I put on a, a fair few pounds right about, right about 14 and didn't know what to do with it. I mean, I, I had no idea. My mom worked full time at that point. She was a single mom when I was, gosh, by the time I was like a sophomore in high school when all this was going on, I was an only child. I mean, my brother and sister both off at college. I had a lot of free time and a lot of prepackaged snacks and not a lot of supervision and zero understanding of mind, body, food, exercise connection. So there was, there was about a year or two where I quite suddenly, I mean, put on a, a fair few pounds, probably about 20, maybe 30 pounds. Uh, maybe, maybe even a little bit more. I don't know exactly where I started. I know where I ended. And it was probably, probably between 20 and 30 pounds. And then I did what 16 year olds do. <laughs> got into some disordered thinking and lost the weight in a very unhealthy way rather quickly and spent, spent a lot of years still not understanding the mind, body, food, exercise equation and how it all worked together. I basically maintained my weight more or less, but kind of white knuckled it the whole time. I, I went up and I went down, I went up and I went down numerous times. I mean, in, in looking at old photographs, you never know which one it's gonna be. Is it gonna be thin Paula? Is it gonna be chubby Paula? It, it changed wildly from year to year. I never, I never really knew what to do. And I was really inconsistent. You know, I would go on diets and then I wouldn't like them, so I would stop them. I, I have been on many, many, many different diets and really never, I, I don't remember sticking with any of them for any length of time. And yet, I know that there were periods of time when I was thinner, but I don't really know how. This is the funny thing about changing weight so much when I was younger. 
I don't really know what I did or didn't do, and I wasn't paying attention, which is why I don't remember now. I wasn't paying attention. It seemed very much outside my control. Sometimes I was thin, and sometimes I was not. And I think that's how, I think that's how a lot of us feel. That's foreshadowing too. Anyway. I went off to college, uh, well, okay, I went off to, went off to college later. I went off to college, I came home, went to college again, came home, stayed home, went to junior college for a while, finally went off to college again in my early 20s, and at that point, became pretty active, weirdly. I mean, for me, it was a big surprise. I started going to the gym with my friends. I certainly was not eating especially healthfully. I didn't have a lot of other, what I would consider healthy habits, but I ended up losing a little bit of weight and I maintained that for several years. Got married, had babies almost right away. Never really lost the weight from my first baby before I had the second baby. Actually lost that weight pretty quickly. Again, I don't really know how because there were no healthy habits really in place during those like early married years. I stopped going to the gym. I, I probably exercised once in a while. Like I understood at that point that exercise could be fun but it wasn't enough to keep me doing it regularly. So I was incredibly sporadic for, what would that have been? Probably about 10 years, yeah, at least 10 years, where, again, sometimes I was heavier, sometimes I was thinner. But there was about five years where there was a pretty steady gain. So in my early 30s, after I was done having babies, I just started, not taking it back off. It wasn't that I was heavier, thinner, heavier, thinner, heavier, thinner. All of a sudden I was a little heavier, and then I got a little heavier than that. Then I got a little heavier than that. Then I got a little heavier than that. And there was a point, a very, very, very specific point, a day that I remember, and probably will remember forever. It was right after my youngest son's sixth birthday. I remember looking at the pictures of you know the four of us together for his birthday and saying, oh my goodness, what happened? And it was probably within, within like two or three days after that birthday party that I went out to lunch with my girlfriends and it was weirdly, no, it probably was not even cold. I remember wearing jeans, but I also happened to know for sure because of my son's birthday <laughs> that it was in July, but I was wearing jeans and they were jeans that were just about to not fit me anymore. And I remember sitting there at lunch with my girlfriends and I had to pop the top button and I was like, this is not happening. Not anymore, not one second longer, this is gonna change. And I came home from that lunch and I looked at my husband and I said, I'm going to Walmart, I'm gonna go buy some Slim Fast, I'll make y'all dinner, but I'm doing something about this weight. And he was like, all right. <laughs> I mean, if you've ever heard any of my, my story time stories about my husband, you know, he's not gonna fight me on this. He's like, okay, I mean, you know, whatever, whatever makes you feel good, that's cool. And so I went to Walmart and I got a six pack of, I, 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 God, I remember this so clearly. Isn't it weird how there are just certain moments in your life that are so clear 
This one is really clear to me. I got the cappuccino flavored Slim Fast, which I don't think they make anymore. And I remember sitting at the dinner table and drinking that cappuccino Slim Fast and while my kids were eating, you know, whatever I had made, hot dogs or whatever for dinner. And I remember thinking, I can do this. I remember feeling full enough. I was super like, oh God, you know, I'm drinking calories. This isn't gonna feel like a meal. I'm gonna be starving. This is gonna be rough. But I drank it and it was like, oh, okay. That's not that bad. I got up the next morning. I had my shake for breakfast. I had my shake for lunch. I had a probably not sensible at all meal for dinner because I, at that point in, at that point in my life, I had no idea what a sensible meal was, truly. I was hands down the convenience foods mom. If it didn't come from a box or a bag, I didn't know how to cook it. I, I'm capable of cooking, that sounded, that sounded like I don't know how to cook. I've always known how to cook, like literally always, but I didn't necessarily know how to cook healthy foods. Dinner was always something that was like hamburger helper or chicken voila. Do you remember chicken voila? They might still have that. I don't know. It's like a frozen pasta thing. Everything was convenience. And so from where I was starting, there was no way in the world that I was just gonna go like, oh, I'm gonna have salads and I'm gonna eat healthy and I'm gonna cut out sugar and I'm gonna cut out flour. That, that simply was not going to happen. But I tell you what did happen. I stuck with it. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, again, if you're listening on the podcast, you can't see my face, but my face is incredulous right now. I had been at that point on so many different kinds of diets that never, ever lasted more than like a couple of days, maybe, maybe if I made it past breakfast. Cause you know, okay. If you have not ever listened to the What I Eat podcast, which came out a couple months ago now at this point, I'm a really picky eater. Like, I, I need to make this really clear. I'm a really, really picky eater. Diets don't tend to work for me because I look at what I'm supposed to eat and I'm done by breakfast. Don't put fruit on my breakfast. <laughs> don't, don't ruin my day with vegetables that I don't like to eat. Don't, don't make me go too far outside my comfort zone. There's not a lot of meats that I eat. There's not, there's not a lot of foods that I eat. So, so for me, having this edible package of food that made me feel satisfied enough, it was, it was the answer. Now I'm gonna back up just a little bit here because I had been, and I'm using heavy air quotes here, I had been working on losing weight. I had been trying to lose weight probably about seven months before that day where I popped my button. I remember that I had, it was probably a New Year's resolution if I could, if I could guess. I don't specifically remember the decision where I decided that I was going to go for a walk every day. But I had been walking really regularly, probably five days a week, for about 15, maybe 20 minutes a day for quite some time at that point. And it wasn't helping at all. I mean, if I had lost any weight, it, it had come back on or... I didn't judge my weight in any other way except the scale at that point. 
And again, I made it to the point where my jeans weren't fitting me. So I don't think I had lost anything at all. But, but walking was really nice. Like I enjoyed it. It was, it was time outside. It was time in my head. I remember liking walking, but being very frustrated that I wasn't getting weight loss out of it. So I started on this lymphast thing. And it, it was doable. It was surprisingly doable. I, I don't, I don't want to say I never felt hungry because I do remember at least, at least a couple of occasions finishing up with dinner and thinking, okay, how long till bedtime? <laughs> I do remember that feeling once in a while, but I don't remember it as like the overwhelming thing. I, I don't remember like white knuckling my way through it. Most days were pretty doable. Now, I did give myself, well, it was supposed to be like a cheat meal. It ended up being kind of a cheat day, truly. On Fridays, I would let myself eat, you know, whatever I wanted for dinner. I used to get together with friends. And what inevitably happened was that I would drink and then I would continue eating long after something that I would consider like a meal. So it was allegedly a cheat meal, but it turned into a whole like cheat afternoon, evening kind of a situation. It didn't stop my weight loss, but I do suspect that it made it slower than it needed to. And I mean, I don't really have any proof of this. I can't go back and, you know, conduct a scientific experiment and say, okay, now what would have happened if I would have not done that? But I'm guessing just because I remember, I remember how I felt after those meals that I didn't feel, I didn't feel great. And 99% of the time after like any other day where I had, you know, done my program, that I felt really good. You know, like I said, the handful of times that I went to bed, like, okay, you know, can't wait to eat breakfast tomorrow morning. But generally speaking, generally speaking, it was really doable. So I'd been doing this for about six weeks and I had lost enough weight that people were starting to notice. I remember because there's about, I think there's about six weeks between my son's birthdays. I should really know this, but sometime between, well, no, because it wasn't quite his birthday. Anyways, I remember it was about six weeks after that that I started seeing whether or not I could run. And it was a, it was a, it was a big revelation to me after 36 years of not being able to run that I could handle 50 steps of running and 100 steps of, steps of walking. So I started doing these walk-run intervals and it was, it, it was life-changing. There's no other way to say that. Learning how to run, teaching myself how to run changed my life. It was, well, it was a miracle, honestly. Up until that point, I had never, ever, ever considered that I was capable of something physical like that. And here I was, you know, six weeks into losing weight, people were starting to see it. I was starting to feel it. And then I tackled this, this physical thing that I was capable of. It was crazy to me. And that kind of success is what kept me going. There were a lot of months 
a lot of them. It took me nine months to lose 30 pounds where I wasn't, I wasn't seeing big progress. I never, ever, ever like had one of those weeks where you lose five pounds, never. I lost one pound or I lost a half a pound or I stayed the same. I also never gained, which was really nice, but I never, I never had a big jump. I never had a big wow. I never had a big aha other than learning how to run. I, it just, it just kept chugging along. Now the thing about learning how to run is that it took me a while that I, because I'd had, you know, 36, well, almost 37 years behind me telling me that I wasn't capable of running, I didn't push it at all, at all. I was so excited to run that first mile and I thought that was all I was ever going to run. Like, okay, well, this is it. I can run a mile. Fantastic. Good for me. It was another several months before I tried running even a mile and a half. I was so naturally very, very cautious that there was no, you know, I'm going to go run a marathon kind of a feeling. It didn't occur to me that I could. I, my running journey was Honestly, it was so much slower than almost anybody else that I have ever met, like before or since. What I see on the internet, and again, this was before, I mean, it wasn't before the internet, but it was before like social media. I wasn't, I wasn't even on Facebook when I started running. I bragged about it on MySpace, right? <laughs> but, but I had no, I had no relation to what I might be able to do. In my mind, running a mile was amazing, and that was as good as it was going to get. And then when I thought, okay, well, let's see if I can run a little bit longer, I didn't immediately bump up to, you know, five miles. I was super, super, super cautious. I didn't enter a 5K race until I'd been running. Well, if I started, if I ran my very first, the very first time in September and didn't run a 5K until the following May, however many months that is. Three, five, eight months? So I'd been running for eight months before I even like kind of thought about doing three miles in a row. It was, it was a big deal. Although I do remember getting up to three miles before we did that race because, because I wanted to be prepared for it. I was so nervous about that race. That's a whole other story. And in fact, I'm pretty sure I've told that story. I'll see if I can link that podcast. But by that time, I was pretty much done losing weight. And I say pretty much because the thing that's really funny is I had a number in my head. When I first started trying to lose weight, I was like, okay, if I can get to this number, everything's going to be right in the world. And I had no idea what I was going to do with that number. I had no idea why that number would be like the thing that made everything okay. But I had a number and it was, it was probably based on, you know, like, you know, where I was when I was a young adult, something like that. But the fact is, I ended up losing more than that because I just stayed on the program and kept doing what I was doing. I wasn't, I honestly wasn't paying that much attention to my weight anymore. By the time I finished losing weight, I had really kind of turned my attention towards running. As I mentioned, you know, I was, I was getting ready to run that 5k after the 5k, you know, there was another race not too far after that. So I, I was still losing weight. I was still working on that, but it wasn't necessarily the only thing that I was focusing on anymore. Now, the thing is that when I was done losing weight, I actually stayed on the SlimFast program. I added more food 
to it because at that point I was running enough, I was exercising more, that it, it simply wasn't enough calories. I mean, I, at that point I was hungry and I was hungry a lot. So I figured out ways to to like beef it up a little bit where I was eating a snack in the morning or a snack in the afternoon, you know, maybe dinner was a little bit bigger, those kinds of things where because weight loss wasn't my primary focus, I had really very naturally turned my attention towards fueling my workouts. But I still didn't know how to eat. Like I, there were still, probably another year or two after I lost weight before, before I felt confident enough to eat other things, before I felt confident enough to make good enough choices that would maintain my weight, help me fuel my workouts, and be healthy. And I think that this is a point, and we're going to talk about it, like actually this specific point is going to have its own podcast. If you don't know how to eat healthy, you don't have to, to lose weight. And if you don't know how to eat healthy, making a million changes and trying to go directly from wherever you are to eating healthy is almost, almost definitely doomed to fail. Give yourself time to figure it out. I gave myself, I gave myself so much time to do everything. This is the thing that actually amazes me when I look back at my weight loss story. I am a rather notoriously impatient person. I, I don't, generally speaking, have patience for anything. And yet somehow there was something about this process that made me the exact right amount of cautious, that made me the exact right amount of patient with myself. And here's what I've boiled it down to. These are the four principles that we are gonna come back to again and again and again during this five-part series. Number one is consistency. For me personally, having a prepackaged, pre-figured out meal twice a day was the only thing that was going to make me capable of consistency. Consistency means lots of different things to lots of different people and it will totally depend on where you are and we are going to cover this a lot more in the next podcast. But I want you to know that even though, generally speaking, I totally espouse, you know, count your calories, eat the same number of calories every day, that's not the only way to be consistent. There are lots of different ways to be consistent, but you have to be consistent. <laughs> no, matter, no matter what you end up doing, consistency is the key, is one of the keys, one of the four keys that will drive weight loss. The other one, and again, I'm really going to cover this a lot more. I'm, I'm giving it to you right now, and then we're going to wrap it up, and then I'm going to tell you what's coming next. So consistency, consistency, consistency. The next one, the next key is moderation. Again, I'm not generally a patient person, and yet somehow I made it through nine months of weight loss without pushing anything I was doing beyond my limits. 
I ran very moderately. I, again, I didn't really get up past about three miles. That's, I mean, I was young. Let me, let me clarify that. For me, three miles was about 30 minutes. I didn't go longer than that. I have no idea why. Nowadays, nowadays I can barely hold myself back to that, but at the time, it was plenty. I felt like it was enough. I was really excited about it. I was really proud of it. I was super, super, super moderate with my exercise. And if you were listening to the first part of that story, I started off barely doing anything at all. I had weight loss success before I really started doing much exercise at all. The third key is 100% commitment. And I think, well, actually, you know, I'm going to go ahead and tell you the fourth key, and then I'm going to tell you how these really combine. The, the four keys are more than the sum of their parts. The 100% commitment, when I came home from lunch that day, there was nothing that was going to stop me from losing weight. I was so, I want to say I was frustrated, but it wasn't just frustration. It wasn't just that I was upset. It wasn't just that I was unhappy. You can, I mean, I can be frustrated and unhappy. I, I'm, you know, give me 10 minutes. I'll probably be frustrated and unhappy today. But that wasn't, that doesn't always lead to commitment. That day, there was something that clicked in my mind that was like, this is it. I knew that I was gonna do what it took. I knew that I was gonna lose weight. And that's why this fourth key, belief, is critical. I am not a naturally super self-confident person. I certainly wasn't at the time. I am a lot more now. Generally speaking, nowadays, I'm pretty good with this kind of thing. At the time, at the time, at the time I had 36 years of not really succeeding at very much of, of anything behind me. I had absolutely no reason to believe in my ability to lose weight. But what I did have was 100% commitment and a belief that what I was doing was going to work for me. And my, by having those two things, and really, all four of the things, it brought me to a belief in myself. And again, we're going to cover all of this next week. Next week, we're talking about how to make this work for you. Because it's great to hear somebody's story and be like, oh my gosh, you know, this totally unlikely girl who had gained and lost weight so many times in her life, who didn't even know how to eat healthy, who didn't even know how to exercise. I mean, she lost 30 pounds and then she's kept it off for 13 years now. Yeah, that's nice, but how, how can it work for you? I have lots lots to say about how these four keys can and will work for you. But I want to leave you with this right now. It's not any one of the things. And I think that that's what happens to a lot of us. Before I found all four parts and fit them together, I had been trying to do one thing at a time. You know, I had been trying to exercise, or I had been trying to totally control what I was eating, or I was trying to be committed, 
But I mean, you know, again, my commitment didn't last very long. I don't know that I ever really tried believing in myself truly up until that point. I have, I, I don't recall specifically thinking to myself, man, I can do anything. I think that all the time now, but at the time, I don't remember ever thinking that. And so when we're talking about the package, how it all fits together in this tidy little system, it's never one thing. It's four things. And it's four things that you're doing all at once. It's, it's spinning plates, it's juggling, it's, it, <laughs> okay, there's a reason I'm gonna use this. I was literally, right before I turned on the camera, just talking to my mom, she had a problem with her computer, and I was explaining control, alt, delete, and she's like, what do you mean? So I press control, and then I press alt, and then I press delete, and I'm like, no, you literally have to use three fingers. It's control, and alt, and delete. <laughs> and so, so that's, that's the, the thing that's coming to my mind right now. It's trying to press four things all at once on your computer keyboard. You can't do one thing and get weight loss results. One thing isn't, I don't want to say it's not enough, but it's not enough. Doing all four things together, consistency, moderation, 100% commitment, and belief, that is how we get weight loss success. So my friends, next week. Next week we're diving even deeper. Okay, next week we are breaking down those four keys and I'm gonna explain to you exactly how to get started. So here's, here's what our five part series kinda looks like. Let me just give you a quick little overview. Because weight loss, weight loss is a big topic. Having success stories is awesome. It kind of gives you a roadmap for, oh, okay, well, this is, this is how it might go. And then we're gonna talk about getting started and how you need these four keys and exactly what that might look like in your life right now. And then we're gonna talk about what happens when you've been losing weight for a while and things change. And then we're gonna talk about what happens after that. We're gonna finish our series by talking about the rest of it, and that was gonna go ahead and be it. Because my friends, I think a lot of people are willing to talk about how to get started losing weight. A lot of people are willing to talk about when you're losing, but we really need to talk about the whole trajectory of once you've lost the weight, once you've been successful, what's the rest of your life gonna look like too? This is, this is a good topic, and I really hope that this has been a lot of fun for you today, listening to my personal story. If you have questions, I love to answer questions. I love to have a conversation. Make sure that if you're watching on YouTube, you can leave a comment below. If you're listening on, actually, if you're listening to the podcast, it's so much easier to come find me on social media, either on Instagram or Facebook, where I spend an unfortunate amount of time. We can have a more of a conversation there. The podcast apps themselves don't really have like a two-way conversation. So I do hope that you will come and join the conversation. Make sure that you click the subscribe button. And my friends, I'll see you next week when we put these principles together for you. Mm -hmm.